There's a story about a particular monastery where every night after night prayer, as the novices and the rest of the community would retire for the evening, the novice director would stay back in the chapel for uh, just a time of extended prayer. And one night, one of the novices was having problems sleeping, and so he got up and figured he'd go to the chapel for a while to pray. And as he approached the chapel, he heard the novice director both praying and weeping. And so he didn't want to disturb the novice director, so he went back into his cell. And the next night, he woke up again because he wasn't feeling well. And sure enough, as he went into the chapel, he heard the novice director praying and weeping. And so the next day, this novice told the other novices that he thought something was seriously wrong with their novice director. And so a few weeks later, they were all out on a walk together. And one of the novices says to the novice director, he says to him, Father, you have left your family. You've left a prosperous career to come here to the monastery. The novice director just smiled at him and he said, Brother, he said, it's not enough. So they continued walking on. And another one of the novices said to him, But Father, before you came here, you cared for the sick. You visited the homeless. You cared for the poor. The novice director smiled at this brother and he said to him, he said, Brother, it's not enough. And then finally, this went on and on and on. And finally, one of the novices said to him, well, then, Father, what is enough? And the novice director just stopped, and he looked at them all. And he said, nothing. Nothing with God is enough. The novice director was trying to protect himself and to teach the novices about something that he knew was incredibly dangerous and a very real temptation for all of us. The temptation to become complacent. The Lord says to us today through the prophet Amos, Woe to the complacent in Zion. What does it mean to be complacent? A complacent person is a self-satisfied person. A person who is pleased 
and interested primarily with their own merits, with just their own life situation. And because of this self-obsession, they're not interested or concerned about other people. And even how their life might affect other people. What happens in marriage? What happens in religious life? What happens most especially in our relationship with God if we allow ourselves to become complacent? It's simple. The relationship begins to crumble. The vocation begins to dissolve. Why? Because all that is left is us. This is why the novice director was always responding regarding everything he had done for God by just saying, it's not enough. And even though it was true, he had done a lot for God. He also knew that everything he had done, which indeed was great, was only possible because of the grace of God. And he knew that without God, he was nothing. He was rooted deeply in the truth, both about God and about himself. And since he lived in such humility, such truth, he never became complacent. We witness the exact opposite today from the rich man in the gospel. It's interesting that the rich man in this gospel is so complacent, he's so self-oriented, that even when he dies and is in the netherworld, he still thinks Lazarus, the poor man, is meant to serve him. He says to Abraham, send Lazarus to ease my suffering. Send Lazarus to warn my family about this place of torment. And Abraham's response to the rich man is alarming. Because he basically says to him, it's too late. Your self-obsession has prevented you from hearing and therefore responding to the presence of God in your life. The Lord today, both through the prophet Amos and through the parable of the rich man and Lazarus, is warning us that complacency 
prevents us from receiving salvation. That it closes our hearts to the good news of the gospel. And why is this so? Because if I am complacent, if I allow myself to become just merely self-satisfied, I don't need a savior. I am my own savior. I am enough. And with that mindset, that attitude, I tend to see everyone else, Lazarus, God, community members, a spouse, I see everyone else as existing merely for my advantage. That everyone else is here to serve me. Could there be any greater illusion than that? It's important to remember that the rich man is condemned not because of his own weakness, not because of his own human frailty, which if he would have acknowledged and turned to God, he would have received mercy and forgiveness. But rather he is condemned because of his complacency. Because he doesn't see himself needing to turn to God for mercy and forgiveness. And the irony in this parable is that it is Lazarus who was poor in this world now rests securely in the bosom of Abraham which is simply an Old Testament expression implying heavenly peace, heavenly rest. Whereas the rich man who had everything in life, or so he thought, now has nothing and will never be at rest. What can we learn from all of this? Primarily, I believe that today the Lord is reminding us that our life needs to be a continuous seeking of God. That we need to maintain within us a continuous desire for God. In the sayings of the Desert Fathers, Abba Gregory once said that the whole life of a man is but one single day for those who are working hard with longing. In other words, we never quit in our relationship with God. We can never afford to put that relationship on pause, even for a moment. 
And it's not because God is so demanding. It's because God is so loving. And he desires to share that love with us. Let us pray today that we could heed the word of the Lord and not allow ourselves to become complacent and find rest in ourselves, but to turn more deeply to God, the only one in whom we can find our rest.